This is the Compassion Connection Podcast, where we empower you to live your best life, encouraging you to spark kindness in your community and in our world. We totally keep it real. We share stories of life's daily challenges, as well as the inspirational people in our community. We're your hosts, Julie Elstrup and Stephanie Flanders-Martin. And the point of this podcast is for you to be inspired and empowered to live your best life mindfully every day with practices and tools to help you on your journey. Julie and I are excited to welcome to the Compassion Connection today, Sosma Samuel Burnett. She's the founder and president of Global Justice, an international nonprofit organization with a vision to inform, impact, and inspire the generations to learn, lead, and do justice together. With 30 plus years of experience in human rights advocacy and 15 plus years as a university professor, Sosama has focused the work of Global on serving as a significant resource on issues of justice. Global was established in 2014 to help inform the community on international justice concerns, prepare community members and leaders to pursue justice, promote advocacy organizations addressing global justices, and support educational institutions preparing the next generation of advocates. Global's mission is to extend geopolitical learning opportunities for biblical advocacy and leadership to help the local, national, and international communities pursue justice ethically, creatively, and collaboratively. Throughout her academic and professional career, Sosama has received a number of awards. Sorsma was born in India, and during her early years, she lived throughout Canada and later years in Minnesota. She's currently married to her husband, Zach, and her and her husband have three children, 15-year-old son and twin daughters. Today, we're excited to welcome Sosama and look forward to hearing what Sosama has to say. So, Simo, we are so happy to have you with us here today on the Compassion Connection podcast. We'd love to hear your story about global justice. Well, thank you, Julie and Stephanie. It is such a joy to be part of this program, and I love what you both are doing through this podcast. It's very exciting and, and very enriching. Um, global Justice is an international nonprofit organization. We're located here in Loveland, Colorado, but we work all over the world. Uh, we work on issues that are national and international, but also local. We want people on every level to engage with issues of justice. We see ourselves as a resource to the community, so we provide them opportunities for education and advocacy, but we also want to provide opportunities for connection. A lot of times people have a heart for justice and really don't know where to plug in or where to begin. And so Global is a great resource in that regard. We have a wide network of organizations connected to our work. So if someone's really interested in, let's say, you know, fighting human trafficking, we have an array of groups all over the country and around the globe that they can connect to, that they can be get involved in. Um, if you are a younger person and you're in school or maybe you're going back to school at a later point, we also come alongside educational institutions 
And what we do there is we teach classes and we develop programs on global justice so that the next generation can be equipped to be advocates as well. So there's a wide variety of things we do in, in, in the educational realm. And then we do events. We do lots of community uh, gatherings. Uh, and those are opportunities not only to learn and to grow in these issues of justice, but to, to really be with other people who want to advocate and want to support this effort. Such a timely topic right now and so i'm delighted to have you on and really be able to give our listeners something to engage in at a very either a very large level or a very uh intimate level for whatever they would like to do so thank you for the work that you do thank you so Sima, tell us a little bit about what drew you to serving. What, what are your, I, I know that global justice has so many arms to it. You have maybe a variety of that. So maybe you wanna speak a little bit to the different arms of global justice and then what drew you to serving? Well, I think on a personal basis, uh, there's several things that draw me to service. Number one is you know, my faith. I believe that we are here for a purpose and that purpose is to support and serve one another. You know, we are here not to live on islands, you know, separate from one another. We're here to help one another. And that really stems from my, my faith perspective. But in addition, you know, I grew up uh, in a family that really valued our opportunities and really valued um, the community around us. And whether that community was in India, which is where I was born, or Canada, where I grew up, or here in the United States, you know, there are these communities of people and we are so uh, blessed to have opportunities, but not everyone has those same opportunities. And we have to recognize that. So as much as, um, you know, we face challenges as a family or I face challenges as an individual, those are very relative to what some of the challenges are that others are facing. And so my service is really driven by the fact that I want to help everyone achieve as much as they can and to have the same levels of opportunities as possible um, to the degree that they can in their locations and their context. So I think service for me is sort of intertwined between my beliefs and just kind of who I am and how I want to um, exist in this world. Can you tell us a little bit more um about the kind of the different arms of global justice because you have almost i would say almost pillars that you work within and so people can plug and play into those different pillars yes, based on absolutely. what their interests might be absolutely so that service you know component is built into every aspect of what we do at global but service looks different to different people and so as julie already mentioned some people really want to look at the big picture and work in that way and some people want something very specific to work on you know right in their hometown or right in their location so our programs and our projects are built to do the both and so we have three broad projects and uh, rather program areas one is focused on faith arts and leadership uh, whether you're people that work in the church community or other faith communities, or whether you're people that work in the arts and leadership communities, we want to give those individuals creative outlets and opportunities to be able to make it connect to the community. So we have something called the Create Justice Program, for example, that brings in the arts community and helps them express justice through the arts, whether it's music, whether it's um, visual arts, whether it's other types of artistic expression. Similarly, we have something that is our next program area that is economic and environmentally oriented. So some people are not so much into, you know, the arts, but maybe really are passionate about creation in a different way, you know, in our world. And so we want to make sure that those individuals can plug into what we do in that program area. 
Economic and environmental justice often are interconnected. Um, the context you are living in affects how you're able to thrive. So we want really good, great earth stewardship where people can live in healthy communities and then be able to achieve economic empowerment so that they have sustainable development and opportunities to, to make a living and to be able to take care of their communities and their families. Um, so then underneath that, we have something called the global market. And the global market is a way for us to connect with a wide variety of organizations serving communities around the world. And so what we do is bring artisan wares through the global market from these organizations and communities, and then we sell them to the community. And when people purchase those gifts plus justice, as we call them, they get the opportunity to directly support those individuals. Uh, that handcrafted item made by someone in Africa or India or Cambodia is making a difference for that person in that community in, in profound ways. So it might be nice for us to wear a, a necklace or a bracelet from that artisan, but we don't realize just the greater impact that happens over there. Then finally, we have our third pillar or third program area, which is focused on vulnerable populations. Um, for us, because we're very focused on justice and human rights, we recognize that you know human rights violations happen mostly to people who are vulnerable, whether that's uh, politically, economically, or socially. So we're particularly concerned with women, children, um, refugees, uh, people who are elderly, or, or people who have different kinds of um, disabilities or other types of uh, challenges. And those are things that we have to be very concerned about because you know when I said earlier that we want everyone to have fair opportunities, those folks may not always get that. And so we have a number of projects in that realm. Uh, one is our Women Empowering Women project, and another is our Children's Advocacy project. And there's a wide variety of things that we do with those. So that gives you a little sense of the range. Uh, but we want to focus on these areas because we believe that they're the biggest areas within uh, the justice realm. I have a question that just to go along with that, how do you see because I can absolutely see it, but I just, I want to hear from you. How do you see compassion and justice walking hand in hand? Well, justice really starts with love, right? It's this idea of really loving um, yourself as a being, as a part of this world, and then as an extension of that, then loving also other people. And so to see justice isn't just about laws or seeing justice done in that way, but it's also about really caring about the other. And so that's the compassion piece. You know, you cannot have justice without mercy. And so really the merciful part of this is where compassion comes out. Um, it's a really com complicated thing sometimes though, because sometimes it's easy for us to, to want justice, but the merciful part means that we're concerned not just with the victim, but also the perpetrator. You know, we want everybody to achieve and to thrive. And sometimes, as hard as it is to see, some of those perpetrators used to be the victims. You know, they used to experience things that brought them to this place of have these violations, etc. So it's a complicated thing, but you have to have a heart of compassion to be able to do justice work. Um, you have to have a sense of fairness and rightness. And that comes from that, you know, sort of empathetic place of not necessarily knowing how everybody else feels or experiences, but at least relating to and, um, and being able to be considered of that. So, so Sma, can I tag on to that? Because I, 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 this, we are currently uh, at this time of, of the U.S. In, in a lot of turmoil. And some of that around the, the current situation with what just happened in Minneapolis, both of us being 
uh, natives of Minneapolis at one point or from Minnesota. Um, I would be curious how we balance, because I find it difficult and I find people being very uh, opposed to being in the middle. They want to see it as a black and white view and, and it's either Black Lives Matters or the police officers instead of trying to come to the middle. How does global justice help bridge that gap? Because I think that's a huge cavern to jump over right now for some people. And I would love to hear how global justice can help close that gap or help us understand how to close that gap. Oh, terrific question, Stephanie, and it is the question of the day. You know, we live in a divided world and, ten, and tend to be swinging between the extremes, you know, as you've mentioned, uh, or just the either or. Global doesn't operate that way. And in that sense, we're a little countercultural. And I have to be very honest about that. We're, we're very intentional about being countercultural. We don't think answers and resolutions and come from those two sort of points of division we have to spend more time in the middle. And middle doesn't mean being wishy-washy, right? You can have positions, you can take a stand, you know what's right or wrong, but it means coming together. And so a lot of our basic principles of how we function um, really lend well to that. So let me uh, mention a couple of those principles. One is we are nonpartisan. And by being nonpartisan, we have people involved with our organization that represent a range of perspectives. And we want that range because when you're dealing with justice, we're not going to say we have it all you know, set. We don't have a specific definition. We really see justice as a journey, something that we discover together. And we discover that by interacting with one another. So if you're on the left or the right or the center, it, it doesn't matter, but you have to have the opportunity to engage with others. So you understand why you feel what you do and also understand why someone else does. That's the beginning of conversation, but it's also the beginning of justice, is when we have that place and space we can have that dialogue. The second thing about us is that we work cross-generationally. So a lot of times we forget that people who are young and people who've been more experienced in the world also offer things to each other and to um, those that are you know, sort of in my age group, right? So we can't assume that any one group, just because you happen to be in a leadership position or whatever it is, has everything in store for justice. We need to have that cross-generational discussion and we need to raise up that next generation. So the next generation needs to learn from us, but we can learn from them. And on issues that we're struggling with, they're watching us, you know, they're trying to figure out how these previous generations navigate this so that they can navigate it better. So there's a process in that that we have to be um, cognizant of, right? And then the other part of who we are is we also work cross-sectorally. So in other words, everybody doesn't have to be working at a nonprofit. Some of the people that are out there working in the health industry or in business or in the church or academics or whatever field, they also have something to bring to this. So I don't think there's any one sector that's got it all. And I come from a legal background. Lawyers can offer a lot, but not everything. And so we really need these other folks to bring in their perspectives, their expertise, um, you know, their angle on things to make justice work. So for me, I think the key to being a justice advocate is wherever you are and whatever you do in whatever status you're in, if you're thinking in terms of justice, you're going to help move justice forward. If you're living out justice, you're going to move justice forward. So it's not just about uh, taking on the fight. It's more about modeling and exampling what justice could look like. I love that. It, it, when you just said taking on the fight, and earlier you had said something about acting with heart, and, and in my mind, 
I'm seeing this Venn diagram with all the circles and in the very middle where everybody has a part and in the very middle, that's the heart of compassion and justice. That was yeah. just such a beautiful, beautiful articulation of that. Oh, thank you, Julie. You know, I think for us, we have to also remember that it doesn't mean that we'll never have a conflict. It doesn't mean that we'll never have to fight for something that we value, but it does mean that we can approach it in a much more effective way that causes the least amount of harm to others. Absolutely, absolutely. Share with us, with our audience, the current projects that you're working on and, and what you'd like people to know about really specifically. Sure, you know, we do have many projects, but some of the key ones right now is that obviously race relations is a very big concern um, in many different ways. And so we are doing two things right now. I have a series that's a little bit broader than race relations, but applies to race relations that we're calling um, Justice for the 21st Century. And the series is a four-part commentary that helps us to kind of navigate these topics that we're talking about today and to give some other perspective. You know, we live in a world where everything is sound bites and everyone has these quick blips on social media. And sometimes we just need to stop and really read and think and uh, reflect um, and, and take that time to really process what's going on. Because if we don't, we're not gonna really get to good ideas and good solutions and outcomes. So that's the intention of the series is to help people think about these things in maybe a little different way than what we're seeing through the media, for example. Um, the other thing we are putting together is a racial reconciliation forum. And so we're bringing together some uh, experts from different backgrounds and uh, different racial backgrounds to have a conversation about re racial reconciliation for church and society, you know, and how we can, as individuals in the community or as people in the churches, um, take a role and take some leadership on these issues. Um, I ultimately believe that um, when it comes to race issues, we have to, every generation, renew our commitment to, to addressing racism and sexism and all the other isms that are out there. So it's not like a one-stop thing where all of a sudden we have a law and it's done. It, it, it's a constant thing. And so we need people to sort of think in those terms and that conversation I think will be one that everyone is welcome to join in. It's a, it's a video conference. It'll be available to everyone for free, uh, but you will have to uh, pre-register. So we'll be sure to share that information with you both uh, in case your audience would like to join in for that. And then we also have, like I said, these different projects. And one of our projects we recently have completed is a study on the issues of children at the border. Now, we have been very caught up in issues like COVID-19 and race relations, but we have to remember that the world is full of lots of justice issues. And those are two of them, but no, they're not all of them. And prior to COVID-19, people had great concerns about how children were treated um, at the border and other you know, sort of situations where they're unaccompanied. We can't forget about those children because now that we have COVID-19 and these other concerns, things are even worse for them, but we're not hearing about them. So what we're uh, doing is taking the study that was completed by our fellow, Sarah Bond, and um, she presented the results of her study recently, and then we're going to build on that, and we're going to come up with some great ways to continue the advocacy efforts for those children through our Children's Advocacy Project. Uh, so that's something that we're very excited about. Uh, our environmental work, we have an Earth Day conference we did in April. We want to continue some of the work that we've been doing on that front. Um, we've been promoting water rights 
Uh, we've been addressing issues related to people that are living uh, very close to toxic waste dumps. Um, these are creating health and other types of hazards for them. So these things that we have been researching, writing on, we don't want to just leave it. We want to continue to build on them. So these are just some examples, but there's lots of other things out there. And as I mentioned, there's probably something for everyone, um, but it really is a matter of finding what your individual heart is and where you really find that passion point to, to address that concern and then coming and joining us in, in some of that work. So I, I'd love for you to share, Sosama, because I've, I've been blessed to be a part of your work and to work alongside you, but also to follow the work that you do. Could you share with our audience how to be in touch with you, Global Justice? What are some great ways that they can just tune into these pillars of amazing work that you're doing and, and participate in some of the events uh, so that they can connect back in? And we'll make sure to share that in the show notes as well. Oh, great. Well, there's many different avenues to reach global. Uh, the main one is our website, which is www.globaljusticeonline.org. And that is a great resource to the community. We have tons of information. We have a clearinghouse that covers about 24 different justice topics. And we have commentaries there. We have video conferences there. Um, we have a lot of other resources. So that's our principal place to just get plugged in and find out more. Um, secondarily, we use a lot of different social media platforms. So Global is on Facebook. We are on LinkedIn. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. And every day in the mornings, we put out Global News. And Global News is a summation of the different kind of key headlines of the day from around the world. And so it's a quick snapshot, but it gives you a good sense of what's going on. So we encourage you to follow along with that. And in the afternoons, we do updates. We share about things going on with other organizations, events that we host, um, just information about topics. And so that's another way to get plugged in. We also use those social media platforms in a separate set of uh, groupings for the global market. So global market has its own Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn pages. And there, you can learn more about those organizations we support, um, the artisans, the products. Uh, it's just a great resource in that way. Uh, in addition, we have our email and contact information on our website. So if someone wants to connect for a volunteer opportunity or find out more about something, they can just send in a message through our contact form on the website and we'll respond through email and get in touch with that person and have a chance to have that dialogue. Uh, we post information about our video conferences on the website and through the social media. So if people want to attend those, they can. And we do live events. So when we're back in a context where we can all gather again, uh, we'll look forward to you know, getting the community together. And those events happen not just in Colorado, but around the country. So sometimes we're in California or on the East Coast. And so it's fun to gather with different people you know, from different circles, but with equal sets of hearts for justice. Thank you so much, Sosama. I am just, I'm so grateful to always speak to you and to continue to deepen my learning about global justice and to be able now to share, uh, Julie and I can share with our audience uh, about your work and how they can plug in and participate. And I would highly encourage you to go to Global Justice website um, and take a look and see 
what might pique your interest. Maybe as, you know, as Julie said, maybe it's a big picture, maybe it's more of a detailed picture that you'd like to plug into, but really encourage you to take a look at that. And uh, we're just grateful for your time today. So thank you so much, Sosima. It was a pleasure. And again, thank you both for doing such a great job with this podcast and inviting me to be part of it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Compassion Connection podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, either on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I really want to encourage you to head over to treeoflifeyoga.studio and julieallstrup.com for more inspiration to live your best life every day. Thanks again for listening.